Are you ready to go the distance? When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan? I know plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. This is Mark from Mark on Money, and today we're going to talk about Americans that are concerned about the impact of inflation, and a recent Fidelity survey showed 71% of you um, are very concerned, and today we're going to outline five retirement-related risks to avoid in this period of time. And now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money, with your host, Mark Gilles. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do, a place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Mark on Money with Mark Eels. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark is a certified financial planner. He is a fiduciary and independent. Been helping folks for more than 30 years. You'll find him today at EFS Wealth Management. Uh, the website is EFS, the number four, the letter U.com. EFS4U.com. Check that out. And uh, right now, hey, Mark, what's going on? Not too much. You know, we're going to talk about um, one of my favorite subjects, um, which no one has any authority on because it's the certainty of uncertainty. So how can you talk about what's going to happen when it's uncertain? But you like um, that. I do, because you can still plan for uncertainty. And that's the important part of retirement is planning for that that uncertainty that you know is going to happen. Um, and the and, and the key is, is if you are planning correctly and you come to uh, ask the question, you know, hey, this happened in my retirement, um, did we plan for that? And the answer should be, yes, we plan for that uncertainty if it ever did happen. Maybe it never happens, um, but you still have to plan for the certainty of uncertainty. So you make things happen, you make bad things happen on paper to make sure we can get through it if it happens. Right. And, and a lot of, I think, the uncertainty that people, a lot of the things that people think are uncertain that happen in retirement really aren't uncertain. They're, they're events that are probably likely to happen. Um, and one of them 
is, uh, you know, longevity risk. So is that something that we need to be concerned about? Well, I, I think, yeah, because, and I've had this conversation so much, and even in doing this for 30 years, I still cannot wrap my head around why people don't, um, they, 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 they just don't get it. Uh, and what, I, what I'm talking about they don't get is, you know, they, they talk about, uh, well, let's just use Social Security. Okay. This is a, this is a good one um, to use because people are like, well, I'm going to take my Social Security early or so-and-so said you should take your Social Security early because you might not live long enough to collect from it. You know, which is a hundred percent correct, but but what I preach to people is, if you die early in retirement, you don't have any worries because you've already taken one of the uncertainties out of the equation, and one of the riskiest uncertainties is longevity risk, and so if you're concerned about living a long time, which I think most people don't really realize, the fact that they live a lot longer than what they think they're going to live. And I think it's because the facts that they receive are um, not really good facts. And what I what I mean is they, they have bored into their head, um, you know, that, you know, their life expectancy is like 80 years old. Well, that's only true if you were born, you know, so that's that's looking over that entire 80 year period of time. But if you're living and you're 70, your life expectancy is already into the mid-80s. And so what they forget that the longer you live, the longer you're expected to live. And so and if you look at a couple who's age 65, you know, the likelihood of two people living longer than one is even higher. And their life expectancy jointly is even longer and for a married couple age 65, you know, there's a 50% likelihood that one of the two of them will live to be 90. That's just actuarially the the numbers. And the people seem to find a seem to have a hard time wrapping their head around that. And so that goes back to claiming social security. And so if if your argument is, you know, that I might die early, I would say that's fantastic. Then we don't have to have any worries about planning for longevity. But if the one of the risks are that you might live a long time, the best way to take that uncertainty out of the equation is to make sure that you are planning to maximize Social Security and probably delay at least one of the two, if you're married, Social Security uh, to age 70, and that helps to take that longevity risk out of the equation. So if you're 85, one of the, you know, one of the, one of the things that were asked 80-year-olds um, was, what's one of the biggest regrets that you have in retirement? Mm -hmm. And the people that are still living, their biggest regret, regret was taking Social Security early because now they've figured out that had they delayed taking Social Security they'd be receiving a lot more money and be helping with the the cost of living and the things that they need to purchase in those later years. So again, it, it's just simply, uh, you know, you know, like I said, I, I've been trying to figure this out and, and just, 
you know, and your brain doesn't work that way. Nope, okay? it sure does. That's, that's just what you have to face. Is it doesn't matter um, how you can how you can try to think about it. Probably ninety ninety eight percent of people, their brains just don't work that way. It's like trying to think that you know there was really no beginning of time. So how can you, how, we can't wrap our heads around that, that there was no beginning. How can you not have a beginning? Um, and so it's just some things we, we're just not capable of, of, you know, understanding. But that's where you because, come in from a retirement standpoint, Mark. I mean, to, to put that plan together, to be able to help us understand how things work. And, you know, based on your experience... <laughs> getting us through these things, that's, I mean, that's really a, a, such a benefit for us to take advantage of, you know, 30 plus years doing this, seeing economies up and down in every which way. So right now, this is just another one of those things we've got to deal with. Right. And you just have to, have to understand is, you know, my job is to say, hey, you're going to think a certain way or you do think a certain way. That's just human nature. And understanding that you're going to react a certain way in different periods, you know, and to understand that that's perfectly normal to feel that way, to want to react that way, but also writing down and maybe even putting it up. When I feel this way, do not do A, B, and C. You can feel that way, but you have to write down, do not do A, B, and C because it's going to cost me money if I do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's right. It may feel good at the time. For instance, you know, people, you know, tend to, purchase during periods of euphoria, you know, at the market highs, and they tend to sell at market lows um, for that exact same reason. And, you know, one of the things is understanding that you're going to feel that way. When markets are going up, you want to get in because everybody's making all this money and you want to make money. And you have to understand, well, what part of the market cycle are we in right now? Are we in that euphoric cycle that maybe is not really a good time to follow the herd? which is the same thing on the downside, you know, is, you know, if I'm selling out after I've lost money, you know, the, the, it feels good to get out of the market because of course, what you're trying to think of is that, you know, the sky is falling, you know, all the chicken littles are running around out there and that you're going to avoid losing more money when in actuality, what happens is you end up, yes, you, are no longer invested, your money's no longer fluctuating, but nine times out of 10, you will not get back into the market at a lower point than what you got out at, and you really will have lost money permanently with the ability to never recover from those losses. And so that's, that's a proven statistic. You know, you can look that up on investor behavior on why that happens, but again, it, it has to do with how we're wired and we're wired to fail as investors. Um, we're wired to fail as retirees, you know, because we're impulsive people. We want now, um, you know, and that's ingrained very early on, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't there a wasn't there a uh, uh, an interesting study that was done with I don't know with with um, you know six year olds where they said you know do you want um, you know, one marshmallow now or two marshmallows later, and you have to wait, you know, for 20 minutes to get the two marshmallows. And, you know, most of them took the marshmallow now, even though they could have had more marshmallows later. Didn't see the big picture. 
Right. It's it's immediate. It's immediate. It's just yeah. It's just yeah, how we're wired. And it's that yeah. way. It's that way at a very very early early age. It's just who we are as people. You can't change that, but you can understand um, who you are and understand why you're feeling that way. Um, and yeah, it's just part of being successful. Is is you know, not always feeling. It doesn't always feel good to to be successful. You know, because you have to experience, you know, some pain along the way in order to get there. Sure. Well, uh, you know, and and again, but that's why working with an independent fiduciary advisor makes so much sense. Just because you can give us that reassurance and and build our confidence that, okay, in in spite of the fact that I might not feel great right now, in the big picture, this is exactly what I need to be doing. Right. And so we talk about um, tedium risk. And, uh, and what does that mean? Um, well, what do you what do you what do you think it means? Well, I mean, is it just that we want to make sure we've got enough to cover the things that we need, you know, and yeah, just kind of plot along day by day? Yeah, it means estimating how much money that you need annually. So, you know, it's so it's, it's a budget. It's kind of like tedious, but it's called oh, tedium yeah. risk. Okay, but you have to be tedious in order to plan for it, and you know. Well, many savers do a good job of anticipating their needs. They they might underestimate their wants. Well, so, I can see how that might happen. So like variable expenses like dining out, travel, other leisure activities could become expensive, and therefore retirees should be mindful of what those lifestyle expenses are going to cost them. And so here's, here's a good way to uh, not have to be so tedious – um, to avoid your tedium risk is if you take the amount of money that you're going to be bringing in mm-hmm. and you take into account your variable expenses, and, and here's what I think you should do, because uh, I've had many people do this. Um, I think that um, um, a lot of pundits will say the same thing. <clears throat> Is that you want to take take into account your uh, variable expenses, and then you already have taken into account your everyday expenses. So, for instance, you know utilities, you know insurance, food, gas, you know those things that you spend every single month on. Um, you know, cell phone bill. You know, it's a monthly it's a monthly occurrence taxes, property taxes, et cetera, um, you know, those are easy to budget because they're fixed. We know what they are. But the variable ones don't that what I'm talking about, variable expenses that don't happen every month. So, for instance, vacations, um, a new refrigerator, um, new tires on the car or a new car purchase, um, Christmas presents, birthday presents, those types of things you're not having those occur on a monthly basis. And so what you do is you set aside into preferably a separate account that's titled, you know, home repairs and you put in X amount of dollars per month out of your monthly cash flow into that account. And that way, when the dishwasher breaks, Hey, you know what, we've got the home repair fund. How much money is in there? Hopefully there's more than that to pay for, um, the dishwasher, when the new driveway needs to be replaced or the roof needs to be replaced, the money's already there. 
you don't have to, you know, call me up and say, hey, Mark, I need $5,000 because, you know, I need to put in a new driveway. Um, it's already in that variable expense fund as well as vacations. So you figure out what all your fixed expenses are, and then you figure out what all of your variable expenses are. And what should happen is there should never be a time where an unexpected expense comes up that you haven't already budgeted for and that money is sitting there in a separate account. Okay. I mean, that you make budgeting sound like it's not such a bad thing because so all budget, it does is, yeah. is, is giving us confidence. I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, so if you budget for the irregular expenses, you can spend everything else because anything that is, you know, again, it goes to the certainty of uncertainty. I don't know when my refrigerator is going to break, but I know it's not going to last forever. Exactly. Um, So, again, it's about planning for the certainty of uncertainty and setting that money aside. And then you can spend with confidence everything else that's in that checking account. And you may find... That there's three, four, five hundred dollars a month in extra money that you don't have allocated to anywhere. Well, then that's your frivolous spending money um, that you have that you know you don't have to worry about spending it on going out to eat or maybe buying a little bit more expensive gifts, you know, or you know, upgrading that that uh, stay at that at that resort, um, you know. That's yeah. Well, that's, that's just what'll happen. And I like that idea. And, you know, so to build that, so to avoid that tedium risk, that's why you build that budget in such a way. And I like that you've got two different categories, basically. And there's nothing that we, you know, we've got to put on a spreadsheet and lay it all out and where every penny goes. You know, again, there's a better way to do it. And you just right. described it's the, it. It's the variable expenses that don't occur. One of the ones, by the way, that I've seen people that, don't plan for. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to guess what it is? Healthcare. It is okay, but it's a speci- but it's two specific things in healthcare. Um, long-term care. Nope. No. Okay. Nope. It's. Uh, can you hear me now? I <laughs> hearing. Yes, hearing sure. aids. Yeah. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, people don't plan for needing hearing aids, and and that's probably one of the things I get a phone call more often than not is, hey, I need, you know, $4,000 to pay for hearing aids um, and dental work. That is the other one. Right, because that's not something that's automatically covered by Medicare. Right. Medicare doesn't pay for either one, either one of those. Um, those are the ones that, you know, they're not expensive bills, but they're ones that, hey, you know what, you need to have your teeth fixed. Um, your teeth hurt, you're probably not going to put that off and that could cost you several thousand dollars and it's not in the budget anywhere. And I'm telling you, it should be in the budget. And if you don't use it, fantastic. You know, it's just an additional slush fund, but it should be there because it can get very expensive as some of you may uh, well be aware. And like you said before, Steve, the the long-term care cost is... Uh, another one. And here's what's been happening in the long-term care market is there's very few companies that are left in the traditional long-term care market. There are no companies in the traditional long-term care market that offer lifetime benefits anymore. They're all limited to maybe three to five years of coverage. 
Um, there's companies that have pivoted away from long-term care traditional type insurance to hybrid long-term care insurance mm -hmm. where you you buy a life insurance policy that has a long-term care rider on it of some time or an annuity that has long-term care type benefits associated with it. Not necessarily, not, you know, I would say they're not necessarily worse than or better than the traditional plans. It just depends on what you're trying to do and where your assets are and, and how much you're wanting to protect against that long-term care uncertainty. Sure. Well, that's one of the big uncertainties there. And, and I mean, it's becoming such a reality for folks. I, I think, you know, you talk about um, preparing and as we are sort of getting in there, we're, we're certainly hearing a lot of, you know, news about the economy. I mean, is it a recession? How are we going to handle it? What's going to happen to re inflation? And, uh, well, Jerome Powell just last week in Jackson Hole um, was laying it all out. And let's, let's hear just a little bit of what he was talking about and see how he sums it up. Restoring price stability will take some time and requires using our tools forcefully to bring demand and supply into better balance. Reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below-trend growth. Moreover, there will very likely be some softening of labor market conditions. While higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring down inflation, they will also bring some pain to households and businesses. These are the unfortunate costs of reducing inflation. Wow, he sort of laid it all out there, Mark. And, and I mean, um, something that sort of jumped out at me, it was below trend growth. What, what does that mean? Well, it means, you know, that, you know, trend, the trend growth is, you know, two and a half percent long term okay. all right. in the U.S. economy. So he's talking below trend growth, which would be which would be below that number to help slow down um the inflation factor, you know, I'm I'm not a very big fan of of the uh, Federal Reserve, however, because there's very few times, you know, that they have gotten it right. <laughs> How you did know, I know you were going to say that? More often than not, they're wrong. Um, in fact, I would say they're wrong most of the time. Wow! You know, and and uh, because they are reactionary, and uh, they're not. Um, you know, they don't know. They no, don't know they any more than, than anybody else. No. You know, so. Could they you, be more proactive in your mind? If you, if you listen to them a year ago, they'd be like, well, we have inflation, but we think it's transitory. It's no big deal. You know, it's just the supply chains. It's just, you know, the pandemic rebound. It's blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden we've got inflation and, you know, we've got to do this and we've got to do that. Um, and you know who knows we could look back 6 months 6 months from now and we could have negative uh we could have deflation you know it's just yeah they don't know any more than what you or i know um but i do think that normalized interest rates are good for the economy long term and we did have lower interest rates for a longer period of time than what we should have and i believe that the uh um, the policymakers have caused inflation um, by overstimulating and giving out what what Ben Bernanke would call helicopter money. 
you know, just giving everybody money, you know, $8 trillion worth of money in stimulus for the uh, pandemic right. related bills and spending bills and well, that really was helicopter and tax spending. credits and everything else that you can possibly think of. And so that's a lot of money to throw in there. So what do you think is going to happen? I mean, it's just common sense. You know, it's like going to an auction where, you know, you have 100 people and you give them a extra amount of money to spend and they have to spend it um, by the end of the auction. Well, what's going to happen towards the end of the auction is there's fewer and fewer things. The prices are going to get bid up because they have to spend the money and they have it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to that on what, you know, drives inflation. Sure. Well, um, folks, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about what Mark's talking about here, visit the website. It's EFS4U.com. That's EFS, the number four, the letter U.com. There's a, there's a, several great opportunities on that website, the, really on the homepage there, to just see how you can put a plan together. And, and it's it's described so well. Yeah, we talk about all those things, and we have a great um, a great strategy that we've used. Um, it's called the Income for Life model, where we're segmenting money into different buckets. You know, so your beginning buckets of money are in, you know, non-risky investments. You know, whereas your, you know, fixed income, where you're where you're getting you know, X amount of dollars sent to you and they're not invested in the stock market. But the longer term monies, which are designed to keep pace with inflation, are taking more risk, you know, and invested into equity oriented investments. But the whole distribution is tied to a inflation rate so that we're projecting that your income keeps up with inflation by putting money into different segments and figuring a inflation-adjusted income uh, to that. And I think that's one thing that people forget, that you know, even a 2% per year inflation rate, um, you know, over a course of a period of time, and you compound that, you, know, you can lose 50% of your purchasing power over a uh, 20 to 30-year retirement period uh, if, if you just have a very low inflation rate. And if you have a 4% inflation rate, now you're looking at the cost of, um, you know, the cost of your purchasing power, you know, being cut in half uh, in less than 20 years. Wow. And so most people are going to have a 20-year, you know, retirement, I would imagine. Well, I would think so. I mean, that's pretty and, much uh, the norm. Yeah, 20 years, 20 to 30 years. So if inflation runs at 4%, um, you know, whatever you're spending today, you're going to need twice as much in 20 years to buy the same amount of stuff at a 4% inflation rate. So the bottom line here is, is that planning for retirement comes with several risks or what we would call several things that you need to plan that are going to be uncertainty. And so it's all about planning for the certainty of uncertainty, um, you know, long life, volatile markets, inflation, Healthcare risks. Um, you know, what do you take uh, in income? How do you how do you budget that money? All those things uh, are the uncertainties of retirement, and you don't have the time that you did in your 30s to make mistakes and recover from those because time is shorter. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and again, these are all things that as we get close to retirement, you get in that financial red zone. I think a lot of folks, you know, around 50 years old, suddenly they're staring at retirement and have no clue how to get there. And why would we? Because all we've done is saved our money. That's why we go to someone like you with experience and, and a fiduciary and, and all those things that we talk about. Yeah, and then, and then just simply helping to understand why do we feel a certain way and how do we plan around that. It's really the the the, the four-letter word that you have to remember is math because it all comes down to mathematics and how does that plan and how does that work, you know, in retirement. Mm-hmm. So it's Math and planning, that's it. That's it. I like it. Math and planning. And, folks, if you'd like to reach out to Mark, again, that website's EFS4U.com, or you can call him directly, 712-224-4651. And if someone wanted to shoot you an email, Mark, that's right there on the website too, isn't it? Yep. It's just Mark, and it's Mark with a C, uh, at EFS4U.com. All right. Fair enough. So, again, as we sort of go through all of this, what's the what's the takeaway? What are you going to leave us with? Well, you know, uncertainty can have an impact on how you're feeling in retirement, but there's a way to plan for it. You do not need to feel anxious. Helping to plan for those uncertainties should help calm some of your anxiety as you head into retirement. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. EFS Group and the Securities America companies are unaffiliated. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. If you remember these TV shows, you're getting ready to retire. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. You got spunk. I hate spunk. I'm one guy who ain't prejudiced against anybody who uh, may be less superior than me. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Oh, gee. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. A retirement that is prepared to handle pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money and will work just as hard to protect it and grow it. Retirement planning doesn't have to be difficult. Get the facts-based approach that you deserve all at no cost with no obligation. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management 712-224-4651. 712-224-4651 or log on to EFS4U.com. EFS, the number 4U.com.